0: In there please great passage of scripture we're going to look at today all right today I want to talk about in in our series on leaders letters to leaders one of the elements that a leader has to Participate in, it's never fun, is confrontation How many of you know what I mean when I say confrontation? Okay, surely everybody knows what I mean by confrontation How many do it well? <laughs> I don't Very few people do Because confrontation is a, It's not a pleasant thing to do It's not you, it's, it's It's hard so I thought before we dive into there, we might want to laugh a little bit, okay? You ever, you ever read a list of good news, bad news? I was doing some research and reading and read, read this list, this is for pastors. Uh, good, good news and bad news for pastors. I thought I'd need to laugh at myself, okay? So you can laugh along with me. Good news, you baptized seven people today in the river. Bad news, you lost two of them in a swift current. <laughs> Good news, the Women's Guild voted to send you a Get Well card. Bad news, the vote passed 31 to 30. <laughs> I like that one. Oh my goodness. I hesitate to share this one, I just will anyways. Remember, it's all the humor. Good news, the elder board accepted your job description the way you wrote it. Bad news, they were so inspired by it, they formed a search committee to find somebody to fill that position. <laughs> I love that one. Good news, the women's softball team finally won a game. Bad news, they beat your men's team. (laughs) Good news, church attendance rose dramatically the last three weeks. Bad news, you were on vacation. (laughs) Oh, here's the last one, that's enough. The youth in, good news, the youth in your church come to your house for a surprise visit. The bad news, it's in the middle of the night and they're armed with toilet paper and shaving cream to decorate your house. Oh my goodness, we've got to laugh, don't we? Life's too short. Confrontation. It's hard to do. I want to show you a video that deals with this uh, and, and the coaches that are here you'll appreciate this but and it's about football and maybe you've seen it before but it's really funny and it really makes my point in that when you're confronted you have two you have a decision to make either you're going to okay or you're going to find excuses so it's is a great video it's a lot of fun let's let's see what is there anything
1: you want to change? I mean, I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell that. Everybody's like, football is a team game. Okay, it's not a team game. Okay, I did my part. All right, I put in a great game plan. I mean, these players, they're horrible. These, my players are no good. I mean, everybody's like, right. no excuses. I got, you know what, I got 22 excuses. 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. <laughs> our offensive coordinator is terrible. He gets half of his plays off of Madden, rookie mode. I mean, the guy is no good. In our offensive line, it's like Obama's immigration policy. Let everybody through. Do we have a chance next week? No, we don't. We're 0-8. We're not good at football. I got three white receivers. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Our quarterback, look at the playbook. We put in plays for Peyton Manning. He plays like Cooper Manning. I mean, the guy's just not good at football. No credit to the other team, okay? The other team is awful. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. I put in the game plan. These kids can't execute. Third down, terrible. I know we need better players. I get it. We can't win with the product we got in the field here. Like, I'm down to Rick Pitino's. guys if i need to but not at this level i'm not going to jail for these kids i mean they're all talking in the locker room like we're a team we're in this together no matter what happens we're together like not me dude i'm out of here this team's terrible
0: (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) for a minute i thought that was brad on friday night after a booker t game (laughs) oh my goodness if coaches were honest is the title of that video um but uh Oh my goodness, I, I had to show you that just to, just as we lead into this. Let's take a look at our passages uh, in 1 uh, Timothy chapter um, 5, verses 1 and 2. Um, he starts out in verse 1 by saying, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers. The first thing that we need to... Remember, when we're doing confrontation with people is to be intentional. Be intentional. It's important when you need to visit with somebody. Something's happened uh, or something you don't understand. It's always best to go with the intention of talking to that person. Amen? You don't need to go to... Four, five, six, seven, eight different ones. You go to that person. That's the Bible's method is for us to go to that person. Uh, It it is difficult, though. It is difficult to go. Uh, You see older men being rebuked by younger men. You see young people speaking down to older people. You know, there used to be a time when you just respected a person just because of their age. Oh, they may be slow and crotchety and D all the above. I got it. But we still need to show them respect. Eldon Wiesner is a missionary in, to uh, India uh, from here in Tulsa, elder and his wife, uh, Eleanor. And uh, he, he said to me one time, he said, uh, they were there for. I, They finally retired and came back home, but they were there for years. I mean, 30, 40 years. He said, the most impact I had in my missionary work is when my hair turned white. He said, because their culture, they respect people of age. And the hair color made a difference. So they would really, really listen to him more when his hair turned white. So it shows respect. And we should show respect to people, especially if they're older. It's going to take a little longer to talk to them. It's going to take a little longer to get along with them. Some of them are still trying to drive, and it's pretty dangerous out there. I got it. So we need to watch out for them. Amen? When they're driving slow, slow down. You don't have to go so fast. But speaking kindly. But have an intention. And when you go, and you're going to confront an issue, especially in church, there needs to be intention behind it. Uh, Paul's writing to Timothy and telling them, in the church you're going to have tensions, you're going to have situations that you're going to have to take time as a leader to deal with, and deal with it intentionally. Sit down with them. Don't go out and, Share false doctrine and gossip and focus on the minutiae don't dress to impress don't don't usurp authority don't shipwreck the shipwreck the faith of others be very careful be angry and don't sin it says in ephesians four twenty six don't let the sun go down on your wrath you know there's there's a truth to that statement and a truth to that verse and especially in relationships but be intentional Splinters fester don't they You ever gotten a splinter in your hand and you just couldn't quite get to it you can't you know, try to squeeze it and try to get it out and it just won't go and just keeps and, and, and it's just in the right spot where a boy just festers you hit it just right and it's ay, 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 ay. it's just barely under the skin you can all you can, and my mother used to get a, a needle and she'd um Get a match, you know, and burn the end of it to sterilize it, and she stick that needle in there to to pry it out. Well, I thought she was tearing my arm off, right? And she just lifted a little skin to get that little piece, of, and a little splinter, and bigger than, the, I mean, you barely see it, but it's just enough to create irritation. That's what happens a lot of times in our life when we get we need to have confrontation about something, but we don't do it. We just let it fester, we just let it sit there, and we let it sit there like that splinter. And before long, it's this big blown up thing that doesn't need to get this big. Go handle them right there, right then. Wait a minute, isn't that what I heard you say? Help diffuse that. It's one of the great diffusing mechanisms. Somebody says something to you that you need to say, wait a minute, just a minute. Here's what I heard you say. And repeat it back to him. Married couples, I tell them all the time. You know, have one of them talk. Find an object that that becomes that that tool. That whenever you pick up that object and set it down, they know you've got something to say, and they need to stop and listen. See, that's what happens. We get we get to talking, and we do not even we're not we don't even know what we're saying. We're just. Going, la, 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 la. And so there's a great diffuser. You just set it down and that person knows. Uh-oh, I need, to, I need to listen. So they stop and they listen. We need to get these on. Just Judy says, you got two of these, use them. One of these, two of these. <laughs> yeah. Stop and listen. And sometimes we need to do that. But don't let it fester. Don't let it just begin to keep growing. That's where Satan does his best work. Is when we let it just keep growing and keep festering. Now, don't rebuke an older man, verse 1, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers. Verse 2, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. So, have intentionality when you confront someone. And then secondly, do it gently. Do it gently. There's nothing better than to be confronted by somebody who will sit down and gently talk to you straight up. Here's here's a problem I see or you can get right into their face and yell and scream and ah right? And that's how we usually see confrontation. There's a commercial on a sports commercial on where it shows, you know, find your best competitor And don't run from them. Utilize them. That competitor becomes the person that's going to make you better. I want somebody in front of me that's better than me so that I can learn to beat them. So that if I can beat them, I can go to the next one and do the same thing. Because somebody's going to be bigger and stronger and faster. Somebody will. Somebody will come along that's bigger and stronger and faster. Have you found that to be true? It's true. It's true. Somebody's going to be smarter. Somebody's going to be more handsome. Somebody's going to be more pretty. That's what happens to people in Hollywood. Is they get to thinking they're really pretty. They think, "Well, oh, I can always be this way." You're not ever going to always be that way. I love the before and afters. You know, when they used to were in stars, and now look at them now. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. You see, it goes away. Uh, Cindy and I celebrated our forty-second uh, wedding anniversary last week, and we—I uh, put a picture of us on our wedding day, and uh, some people that knew us way back then posted it said, "Those are the kids I knew." <laughs> one one of them said, "Man, where'd you get all that hair? I had hair hanging way down here." It was awesome. I wonder where it went to. But gently when i confront we should we should do it and it was raising children i i wish i would have learned this principle better than i did screaming and yelling and banging doesn't always get what you need but that's how we tend to confront when we should go gently the bible says a still soft voice there's times when we just have to be very quiet and listen. Now, there's times when we've got to raise our voice, and there's times when we've got to be very direct, and we've got to be loud, but not very often. When I was substitute teaching some years ago, I I, I did PE for Miss um, Riggin over at gym with uh, she coached with Bryant. They did PE together on East uh, Elementary, and so I went in and. Uh, she was telling me what to do, and uh, so I, I had my whistle. You always have a whistle. You don't do pee, right? PE coach got a whistle. So I had my whistle. I got it from Coach Tremble. It was one of his old whistles. Sterilizer real good, but you know, it was his old whistles. I never had a whistle, so I'm glad I had a whistle. I had a lanyard, boy, I looked like a coach. She goes, what well, do you know with that whistle? I said, what? Well, you need a whistle. She goes, well, you don't need a whistle. So what do you mean you don't need a whistle? I said, you're going to have a hundred kids in here. What do you mean? How, how are they going to hear me? She goes, oh, they'll hear you. I said, wait, well, do you just yell at them? She goes, nope, yell She said, raise your hand. They'll stop. They'll sit down and they'll be quiet. I said, this woman's nuts. I mean, she's only a little big girl anyway. I thought, man, Brian, he's got his hands full with her. Gee, Brian wears a whistle. I don't want to wear a whistle. I never got to use the whistle. Because she had trained them. And when it's time, I think she clapped her hands and said, She raised her hand. And they stopped where they were. I mean, whatever they were doing, yelling, screaming, They stopped and sat down and raised her hand. And whenever her hand was raised, boy, then she'd, she'd talk to them. Wow. That's why Brian, he stayed in his office. He didn't care. Let her handle it. <laughs> Let her handle them. No, that's not true. Not true. But, you know, you don't have to scream and yell. And so, as we begin to think about leadership and homes and our businesses and our relationships and church, we need to be very gentle, we need to be intentional, and very gentle. Often it's not about what we're going to say, it's how we're going to say it. Amen? I can be very direct with you and not yell at you. We can be very respectful of each other. Both older men and women deserve respect. We need to respect them. They've lived a long time. They can't always hear the best we wish they could. But we still need to show them respect and love them and be gracious and kind. And in verse 2, we need to do it with, thirdly, humility. So intentionality, gentleness, and then thirdly, with humility. As older women, as mothers, younger women, as sisters, with all purity. The language of family, I love the way it's put in these verses, because it lends to us to believe that there is this hierarchy of how it should rule down. Fall down and trickle down. You've got God and then you've got dad and then you've got mom and then you've got kids. And God set that up. I didn't. <clears throat> God set it up. But when that system works, boy, it's a powerful deal, isn't it? It's powerful to watch how God does. Joseph's brothers came to Egypt and when he revealed himself, he Treated them like brothers. He didn't lord it over them. He treated them like He was part of them. If there was anybody that had an opportunity for revenge and to confront, it was Joseph, right? But he didn't. He pursued them in purity. He pursued them in gentleness and humility and restoration. And so, Paul's telling Timothy, A young man, probably single, when you're correcting young women, there's a danger there. Be careful. Keep your door open. Don't don't go in behind the closed door. Don't let Satan give an opportunity. Don't give him one wisp of an opportunity. Man, do we need that message today in our churches and in our lives. Satan's running loose today. Accusations wildly thrown out with no basis for them. And people in the media running wild with them as though it's the truth when it's a bald lie. Come on! The biggest lie you hear today is that there's not a God. Really? Really? You can see a baby born and tell me there's no God? <laughs> wow. If Anyone's caught in a transgression. You who are spiritual, Galatians 6 says, we should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. So, intentionality, to have an intention... And be graceful and be humble. Each one of us is ten seconds away from being stupid. (laughs) And I believe the key to it all is prayer. Prayer is such a necessity for us in the area of confrontation. Back in 2017, I did a sermon series called Tongue Pierced. Maybe some of you remember that. One of the messages in that series was on the art of confrontation. And from that, I grabbed the five main points. I got these from my good friend Nelson Searcy. And I want to share these with you as we close this morning. I want you to consider these five things when you're before and during a confrontation. Number one, follow God's leadership carefully. Follow God's leadership carefully. Prayer is so critical before you go confront somebody. You need to make sure you're right. Make sure you've got your facts in in, in a row. Don't listen to gossip and then you run and, and say and, and jump on somebody because of what you heard somebody so and so say say. Come on. Number two, request a private meeting. Boy, is that one that was so 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 important. So important. Remember, I told you my dear friend Doy passed on. Doy when, when he would disagree with me on a Sunday, he wouldn't jump on me at the door. He'd say, hey, how about biscuits and gravy tomorrow? I, I came to find out that biscuits and gravy weren't just about evening. <laughs> but it was a private time. He, he wanted to pull me away so that he could visit with me one-on-one. And, and I appreciated that so much. Number three, prepare tactfully to share your thoughts. Don't just go in, walk a shotgun. <laughs> blazing number four state the truth compassionately and then trust trust that it will be received properly trust that it will be handled properly number five offer grace and support because when we are confronted with an issue in our life that we have a blinder to it's difficult to take the blinder down and look at it and see it because it's painful. But if it's done with grace and with support, can I help you? How can I help you get better? You see what happens is the person then sees hope to overcome. And we need sometimes a person has to be removed from a position. They've been a teacher or whatever, and they've got a situation they need to be removed for a time. But it needs to be a measure time. It needs to be a time that's worked around. But so often we will take a person, especially within the church, and we'll just lop them off, and off they go. And we never see them again. Why? Because we didn't handle it with gentleness and grace and mercy. But we need to be intentional, yes. But we need to be graceful and merciful. And kind is support, because that's what's important. And so, whenever you're confronted with the good news, bad news in your life, a doctor called a man, said your test results are in, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Man said, okay, well, give me the good news first. And the doctor said, well, the good news is the results indicate that you have three days to live. Huh. Well, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is I forgot to call you yesterday. <laughs> you see, sometimes we put off what we need to do now. So if there's somebody in your life that you need to sit down with and talk to, sit down and talk to them. Or you can just try. If they don't want to hear, and they won't listen, okay. But you've done your part, amen. So try. There's good news and there's bad news in the sermon today. The bad news is, you might not be doing it right. The good news is, you might be. The bad news is, you might have some confrontation coming your way. But the good news is, maybe it will be done in a way it's easier to receive. So i want to challenge you to think about that in your own life. How many times has, have we told God that we were going to do something and we didn't follow through? How many times have we said, God, if you will, I will, and he did and we didn't? What I love about our God is that he never leaves. He never walks away. He's always waiting with His arms open like this. And He's just waiting for us to turn and to take one step toward Him. I believe God is waiting for us just to lean, not even to take a step, but just to lean toward Him. And when we do, what do we do? Ah, He receives us, doesn't He? But that step, that lean between turning and coming... There's so much guilt, so much shame, so much ashamedness that we're afraid to come. What happens at church? When you walk in the door and somebody you know, what do they do? When they do this, what do you do? Oh, no, no, no. No, as soon as they do this, what do you do? You come right inside. Right? Because that's the way we are. That's what love is. Love is... Yeah. I got it. I love it when Cindy does that to me. She goes, it's great. And we hug each other and we love each other and we just keep on. And we've done a whole lot of hugging and loving lately because that's about all we can do. There's days when you're so sick that you can't even get up. There's days when you just don't, you just can't go another step. Depression sets in. You need one of these, don't you? You need somebody who's like this. I want you to know that God is standing there just like this. Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is you've done, whatever struggle it is, whatever mountain you're climbing, whatever wall it is that you're facing, He's ready right there like this, ready. I offer an invitation. always do. If you need to respond to Him. That's what I love about having the cross up here in the front. And I still say that the greatest days of our church are ahead of us. But they'll be even greater when we find a way that when God is tugging at us, that we don't just sit right there, but we head right there. Get out that cross and pour it out to Jesus. Oh, I can do it right here where I am, preacher. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I want you to. There's just something powerful about coming up there. Because I'll bet you somebody's going to come up and join you. Pray with me and we'll sing our invitation. Father, I thank you for this morning. Um, I just pray that today, whoever's here that needs to spend some time with you, their sin is confronting them. You're ready to lift the burden. (laughs) Boy, you're ready. And I'm so grateful that you don't come screaming and hollering and spitting and sputtering. You come directly to our hearts to tell us. And then you tell us that it's going to be okay. Okay. when the doctor comes in and says that you've got this found a spot or he comes in and says we don't know why your kidneys aren't working right we don't know why your blood marrow isn't producing red blood cells there's a catch in your spirit when the bill collectors keep calling finances is Get tighter and tighter. When your children are out of control, rebellious, speak back hateful, hurtful ways. Husbands, wives picking, nitpicking at each other. You're always there. You're waiting. You have hope. You have brought hope. You can brighten the day. You can sustain through whatever it is that we're facing. All you have to do, all we have to do, is lean towards you lean towards you. And God, the next time we have to confront somebody, could we do it with intention and with gentleness and with humility? And always remember, always remember that we need to love them the way that you love us. Is there one today, God, that might make a decision for you? Maybe there's one here that's never been baptized and they're really interested in doing that. We'd love to know so we could teach them in your word and show them what that means. Whatever decision needs to be made, God, would they make it today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.